0: Hello, all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. My library is open to all listeners, but it was created for my wonderful nieces and nephews. I hope you all have enjoyed reading chapters from The Plant That Ate Dirty Socks by Nancy MacArthur. Um, This is a book that was part of Ladybug's reading list for her previous school year, and it's one that I am... uh, obviously just now getting around to Um, but today we are going to finish the book so we have a few chapters left to read Um, so if you're ready I'm ready. Let's get started. Chapter 11. Two hours later bursts of laughter and the squeaking of beds being jumped on could be heard faintly down the hall in the living room. Michael was laying on the couch watching a monster movie. He had shoved the couch across the hall doorway put one plant at each of each end of the couch and cut up some fudge ripple socks in plant meal sized pieces now before he put the socks out he was just waiting for silence from the boys to signal that they were finally falling asleep there were plenty there was plenty of time before the plants usually ate and he didn't want to take any chances of bob accidentally coming out and wanting an explanation the glow from the tv set gave off plenty of eerie light He had turned out the lamps, so he wouldn't have to get up to do that when he was ready to go to sleep. Then he could just press the off button on the TV's remote control, which he put on the couch cushion next to him. The sound was was turned down very low, so Dad wouldn't come and tell him to turn it off. He could barely hear it. He had seen the first part of the movie twice before, but because it was always on so late, he had fallen asleep in the middle of it both times. He had never seen the end. Jason had seen it, though, and told him the part where the giant octopus tried to destroy Tokyo was great, with planes and tanks and electric explosions and the giant octopus's arms sneaking up and grabbing people. Michael thought the octopus was a pretty, was a pretty good fake, with slimy and purple-gray which, with mean yellow eyes. Its arms, full of huge suckers like the bottom of the bathtub nonstick shower mat, made wonderful gushy noises as they sneaked up. The movie kept stopping for more and more commercials. Michael was getting very sleepy, but he was determined to stay awake till the end this time, even if he had to prop his eyelids open with his fingers. He nodded off during the commercial break, but woke up abruptly when the octopus appeared again. After the, after the next break, however, he went on dozing. He did not hear Bob go out in the hall on his way to the bathroom. What woke him up was feeling of something definitely odd going on. Then he realized something was crawling over his bare feet. He sat up and started yelling, Octopus, Octopus. Then he started giggling. Then he started to giggle because his feet were being tickled. He was relieved to see it was only Stanley feeling around with a vine to find socks Michael had not yet put on the floor, but Bob was already hurtling down the hall to see what was wrong. He rounded the corner too fast to stop when the couch loomed in the doorway and flipped right over the back of it. And he flipped right over the back of it. As he bounced on the cushions, he hit the volume button on the remote control a couple of times. Sound boomed out. Planes, dive bombing, machine guns, explosions, pupils yelling, gushing, gushing, sneaking up noises from the octopus arms, and the blood-curdling scream from the evil scientist being dragged into the ocean by the monster. Michael was now giggling uncontrollably as he tried to untangle Stanley's tickling bind from his feet. Bob was somewhat stunned by the whole scene. From the eerie light of the TV screen, a big mean yellow eye surrounded by purple-gray slime glared right at him. Bob screamed even better than the evil scientist in the movie. Dad came running to the rescue. Because he was still half asleep, he forgot the couch was going to be moved and fell right over it. Norman came running, too. When Dad saw the boys were all right, he blinked a few times. Then he realized the gunfire, dive bombing, and explosions were not actually occurring in the living room. Turn that thing down, he yelled, but the guns on the aircraft carrier the octopus was attacking were so loud nobody could hear him. Now, Norman was working on separating the vine, curling affectionately around Michael's feet. Michael, still madly giggling, was feeling around between the couch cushions trying to find the remote control. Suddenly, an orchestra began blasting, the star-spangled banner. The movie was over, and the station was going off of the air for the night. Norman stood at attention, saluted the flag on the screen, and started singing along. Dad stomped over to the TV and pulled the plug. The silence was amazing. Rats, said Michael. I missed the ending again. Did anybody see how it came out? The octopus sank in the ocean, said Bob. Maybe it isn't really dead and there's a sequel. Dad looked around for the socks and didn't see any. You didn't notice anything unusual here, did you, Bob? He asked casually. Just the octopus movie, Bob replied. It was great. My mom and dad don't let me stay up to watch stuff like that. Wait till I tell them. Wonderful, said Dad. He herded Bob and Norman back to bed. Michael put the socks out for the plants and went to sleep, thankful that Mom had slept through the whole thing with earplugs. But she heard all about it in the morning from Dad, from the neighbors who wondered why they were being blasted awake at 2 a.m. by the dive bombing and the Star-Spangled Banner, and from Bob, who was thrilled by the excitement. He could hardly wait to tell his parents when he got home. Michael tried to reassure with mom. It was only a little uproar. In this family, she replied, there is no such thing as a little uproar. To butter her up, Michael volunteered to make breakfast. He tried, the, he tried his imaginary fudge ripple pancake recipe and it actually worked. Bob and Norman loved them. They took turns blasting syrup on everyone's plate. The octopus movie was the best, said Bob. I'm going to write my letter to the editor about how kids should be allowed to stay up and watch monster movies. You're writing to the newspaper? asked mom. Our whole class is. The teacher told us yesterday to think of something we're for or against. Then Monday we're going to write our letters and send them to the paper. Oh yeah, said dad, leafing through the newspaper. On Saturdays they usually run letters for kids. Here's one about being kind to animals and one about snowflakes. "'Norman, you didn't mention that,' said Mom. "'I told Fluffy. Besides, I didn't think there was anything to write about.' "'Bob suggested you could write about syrup blasting. "'Please, not that,' said Mom. "'Promise me, Norman, that you won't write about anything weird.' "'Then I won't have anything to write about,' he replied. "'I'm sure you'll be able to think of something non-weird by Monday,' said Mom. "'Promise?' "'Okay,' he agreed grumpily when bob left he asked norman if he could come back that night to sleep over again but mom said no they would have to make it another time closing the door behind him she added in about 20 years now that bob is gone said dad we have some serious we have some serious things to discuss i have some good news and some bad news michael started having that sinking feeling again the good news dad continued is that After two years of being too busy to work to take a vacation, I'm going to be able to take off three weeks next month. Yay, shouted Norman. Where are we going? Nowhere, unless we do something about the plants. That's the bad news. We can't leave them home alone for three weeks, and we can't have someone come over to feed them socks. Let's take them along, said Norman. Fluffy liked going for walks he loved to take a vacation mom explained that plants are too big to take anywhere they won't fit in the car even if they did they wouldn't leave any room for us jason could come over and feed them said michael he already knows about the socks and won't tell mom argued one of his parents would have to drive him over every day i don't think they'd let a kid go in an empty house by himself i know i wouldn't and if he got sick and his parents had to take over "'Then he'd have to tell them about the socks. "'It's too risky. "'We could rent a pickup truck "'and take the plants over to Jason's house,' said Norman. "'No, then his family would definitely find out. "'Besides,' said Dad, "'I don't completely trust the kid, "'not not since he tried to blackmail Norman. "'If the plants produce seeds "'while they were alone with them, "'I don't think he could withstand "'the temptation to keep a few.' "'So we have to face the facts,' said Mom. "'Even though Fluffy and Stanley "'solved the messiness problem, "'and I'm grateful for that,' They cause major uproars when someone spends the night here, and now they're keeping us from going on vacation. So your father and I have come up with a plan." Even before he heard it, Michael knew he was not going to like it. "'We'll make smaller versions of them,' Mom explained. "'I'll take a cutting and root them. We won't feed them much so they won't get big so fast. Then we can take the little plants on vacation. They'll be so easy to carry. But what about Fluffy and Stanley, asked Norman, looking worried. We'll have to get rid of the big ones, but you'll have Fluffy Jr. and Stanley Jr. They'll be the same plants, only smaller and cuter. No, shouted Norman. I want the real Fluffy. Michael was furious. This isn't fair, he protested. We made a deal, and I've stuck to it. It's very hard for me to be neat all the time, but I'm doing it, and I've kept my promise not to tell about the socks. But even Norman has kept his mouth shut. Jason finding out was sort of Norman's fault, but, but, wait a minute, squawked Norman. But, Michael continued, he didn't mean to, so it isn't exactly his fault. Right, said Norman. I had to go to the bathroom. Then Dad threw in the clincher. You both have always wanted to go to Disney World. Wouldn't that make up for getting rid of the big plants when you have the little ones to take along? Michael really wanted to go to Disney World. He thought about the great rides and getting his picture taken with Mickey Mouse. It was a hard decision. I want to stay home with Stanley, he said. Norman, said mom, what about you? You've always wanted to go there and you'd have a cute little fluffy junior to take along. Norman thought that over. Can I take him on the rides? He asked, no dad said he might fall off or get squashed when you're going that fast but i'll hold you for a while while you go on the rides but i'll hold him for you while you go on the rides norman eye norman's eyes lit up at the thought. he could see himself and fluffy jr getting their picture taken with mickey or even goofy fluffy was too big to fit in the picture like that and too big to go anywhere what about the real fluffy he asked When you have Fluffy Jr., you won't need the big one anymore, said Mom. No way, yelled Norman, stomping out of the kitchen. Michael followed, wondering what to do about this mess. He heard Dad ask, Does this mean I have to go to Disney World by myself? Not without me, said Mom. I've always wanted to get my picture taken with Mickey. But first, what are we going to do about these blasted plants? Who's running this family anyways, us or the kids? Right now, said Dad, the plants. Chapter 12 They're not going to give up, Michael told Norman. It's time for a new master plan. What? We'll just have to try everything we can think of, and maybe one of them will work. There's one thing I can do that would save the plants for at least two and a half weeks, but then we could think of something else. Whatever it is, said Norman, let's do it. First thing Monday morning, said Michael, I'll sign up Stanley and Fluffy as a project for the science fair. But mom and dad will never go for that. I won't tell them until after i sign up they always encourage me to do well in school so i'll just have to tell them my life will be ruined if i'm not in the science fair i want to do something too said norman what about that letter you have to write you want me to write about our mean mom and dad forcing us to go to disney world no write about pet plants If it gets in the paper about how wonderful mom and dad are to let you have gigantic pet plants, then it would be too embarrassing for them to get rid of Fluffy or Stanley, either. You think it might get in? Sure, pet plants are a great idea, even Jason thought so. Okay, I'll try, said Norman, but what if it doesn't get in the paper? Don't worry, before the science fair is over, we'll think of something else in case the letter doesn't get in, something really big. Norman heaved a sigh of relief and patted Fluffy's leaves. Don't worry, he told the plant. Everything's going to be fine. Michael hoped he was right. As Norman left for school Monday, Mom asked, What are you going to write about in your letter today? It's a surprise, he said. I don't want any more surprises, said Mom. You'll like this one, he called as he ran out the door. It's not weird. But how are two big plants just standing there going to be a science project? I asked Jason when Michael told him the news. They're going to show how plants grow differently when you feed them differently. You're going to tell them about clean socks and dirty socks? Of course not, Stanley. is bigger because I kept putting bits of different food in his dirt. Fluffy didn't get that. They both got socks. That isn't a difference. So I don't think I have to mention that part. Jason looked unconvinced that this was a good idea. This is probably not going to win anything, he said, especially with with what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I know. Kimberly is building a computer and Chad's making a relief map of the entire world and you're doing the volcano. Isn't anybody doing anything simple? Pat Jenkins is growing grass on a sponge, the last I heard. Michael said, I know this isn't a very good project, but I want to save the plant, so I don't care. I didn't have any ideas for a project anyways. At least this way, I've got something in the fair that's better than nothing. But the science projects have to be here at school for three days. What are you going to do about feeding them socks in the middle of the night? I'll think of something. Mom and Dad did not take the news well when Michael told them at the dinner table. Why didn't you tell us before you had this crazy, before you did this crazy thing, demanded Dad. ''Because I thought you might be a little upset,'' said Michael. ''Upset?'' yelled Mom. ''Of course we're upset. How could you even think about taking plants out in public?'' ''Calm down,'' said Dad. ''I'm sure Michael can substitute some other kind of science project.'' ''No, today was the last day to sign up, so I can't change my project now.'' ''There must be some rule to cover projects that fizzle out between sign-up day and science fair.'' Michael replied, ''I can't think of anything else good.'' Jace is making a volcano that really works. Kimberly is building a computer. Chad Palmer is doing a relief map of the entire world. Isn't anybody doing something easy? Asked mom. Pat Jenkins is growing grass on a sponge. Norman piped up. How is she going to mow it? Mom said, Norman, this is serious. Why doesn't she grow bean sprouts? Norman continued, smirking. You don't have to mow those. Michael shoved him under the table so hard that Norman slid off the chair and disappeared from view. While Norman thumped and bumped around under the table trying to get back up in his chair, Michael continued, It's too late to change my project now, and my life will be ruined if I have to do something else for the fair. You want me to do well in school, don't you? Well, of course we do, said Dad, but using these plants as a science project is ridiculous. No, it's not. There aren't going to be any problems, I promise. But, said Mom, in the middle of the night, they eat socks, and Norman's makes funny noises. Michael assured her, there won't be anybody in the school at night. Nobody will find out. Are you sure? asked Dad. Positive, said Michael. Then maybe it wouldn't do any harm, Dad told Mom. Well, said Mom doubtfully, if you're sure nothing can go wrong... In the meantime, I'll get the cuttings started for the junior plants so they'll be ready in time for vacation. After dinner, she got a pair of scissors and headed for the boys' room. Fluffy isn't going to like this, warned Norman. This isn't going to hurt the plants, is it? asked Michael. No, I'll just snip off a piece of each, then I'll put them in some special stuff I bought that makes cuttings grow roots. After that happens, we'll put them in the pots and they'll grow. Don't worry, they'll be just like the big plants, only smaller. She selected a sturdy little branch off of Fluffy's and snipped it. Ow, said Norman, sounding like Fluffy. Mom jumped. Who said that? Me, said Norman in the same funny voice. Norman stop that, ordered Mom. Who, me? Replied Norman in his innocent own voice. Mom snipped a big piece off of Stanley. Grrr, growled Michael in what he thought was Stanley's, says Stanley-like tone. You two better stop. Huh? Said Norman. You know what I mean. You two need to knock it off. As Michael was falling asleep, he sat up with a start. A horrible thought had just occurred to him. He had forgotten one big problem. The plants were too big to fit in the car. How was he going to get them to school? He plopped back down on the pillow. If worse came to worse, they would have to roll them to the science fair on skateboards. But that time of the year was too cold for the plant to be outside very long. He would have to find a better way. He fell asleep wondering how much it would cost to run a truck. Jason came to the rescue on the transportation problem. My Uncle Jim runs a limousine service, he explained. I could talk him into getting the plants to school in one of those stretch limos. They're like the really long kind. The seats fold over so Fluffy and Stanley could ride lying down. The big limo is so long, I'm sure they'd fit. That'd be perfect, said Michael, but are you sure your uncle would do it, and how much would it cost? He'd do it for free if I asked him, Jason assured him. Just dropping the plants off at school won't take long. Great, exclaimed Michael, I'll trade you something really good for this. That's okay, you don't have to do that, said Jason. Michael thought that Jason passing up a trade was very odd. Then Jason added casually, But maybe someday if the plants ever grow seeds, you could give me a couple of those? My mom and dad would have a fit if I did, said Michael. Besides, mom says if they haven't grown seeds by now, they probably never will. So if that's probably not going to happen, said Jason, making a deal for seeds wouldn't matter, would it? I guess not. Wait till you see the limo, said Jason. Your neighbors, with, your neighbors will think Fluffy and Stanley are going to prom. During the days before the science fair, mom kept tending the cuttings, but Michael kept pouring strange things on them, like soft drinks and salt water, but mom was when mom was not looking. The cuttings were not doing very well. Dad and mom were both surprised about the limo that Jason had arranged, but they did not object. Since we're stuck with this science project, we might as well make the best of it, mom decided. We do want Michael to do well in school and the boys are going to ha- or the boys are going to have to give up the plant soon. So, if this will make them happy, why not?" "'You're right,' said Dad. "'The night we take the plants to school, let's go early and take the kids out for pizza to cheer them up.'" On the big night, the longest, shiniest black car Michael had ever seen pulled in front of the house. The boys carefully rolled the plants through the curb. Jason's Uncle Jim, wearing a black suit and visored cap, helped the family ease the plants into the limo without crunching them. Norman wriggled far into the back seat to guide them from the end. From that end. Dad and Mom got in the family car and pulled out of the driveway to lead the way to school. Uncle Jim and Michael crammed themselves into what little space was left in the limo's front seat, and they drove off with the leaves and vines sticking out every window. In the back seat, Norman, wearing the gorilla head, waved merrily to, merrily to passing people in cars. People stared, children waved, cars screeched to a halt as the jungle and wheels went by. Quite a crowd gathered when the limo pulled up in front of the school and the driver of the school and the driver, one boy, and one small gorilla got out, carefully wrestled two plants out, and rolled them into the school's front walk. Dad caught up with Norman and made him take the gorilla head off before they went in. In the gym, they found the table with Michael's number at the end of a long row. They managed to get the skateboards off and hoisted the plants up on the table michael set up his signs and report explaining the project mom arranged the plants to show their best sides and polished some of the leaves dad got some water for them from the drinking fountain norman went behind the table putting on the gorilla head and stopped and popped up between the plants he surprised the custodian and three teachers the exhibit to the left of michael's was a big model of a dam full of real water the table on the right was still empty When they were ready to leave, Mom, Dad, and Norman stood in front of the plants and made sure no one was looking while Mom took out two socks from her purse and slipped them to Michael. He put a dirty white one behind Stanley where he hoped hoped it would not be noticed. Next to Fluffy, he put a clean brown one and white striped one. Norman had insisted on Fudge Ripple. The whole family did not stay long to look over the project on their way out. "'We'll see them all when we get back Friday night,' said Dad. "'Right now, it's time for pizza.' At the restaurant, Norman went under the table to put on his gorilla head to surprise the waitress. "'We'll have a large pepperoni with everything,' Dad ordered. "'And what will you have, Mr. Gorilla?' asked the waitress. Chapter 13 With the plants gone, the boys' room seemed very empty. "'I miss Fluffy,' said Norman. "'I know what you mean,' said Michael.' "'We only got two more days. "'Tomorrow is the judging. "'The next day is the science fair is open to the public. "'Then it'll be over, and so our, so will our plants, "'unless we do something fast.' "'He dropped his sock on the floor, knowing, that, "'knowing they would be there in the morning. "'You're getting messy again,' said Norman. "'I wish Stanley was here to keep up after you. "'That's it. For once, you've got a good idea. "'What? We'll both be messy to show Mom and Dad "'what this room will be like without our plants. "'I know this will be hard for your neatness.' but i'll give you messy lessons you're lucky to have an expert like me for a brother before norman could complain about this mom came in to say goodnight. michael pick up your socks she added if stanley and fluffy were here he replied i wouldn't be able to forget to pick up my socks the junior plants will do the job mom said firmly now get to bed it's late after she went out norman whispered now what are we going to do i don't know yet said michael after the lights were out michael thought he heard a little sniffling in the dark don't worry, he said. We'll think of something. The sniffling stopped. The next morning in the school hall, Pat Jenkins walked up to Michael. Out of her book bag, she pulled brown and white striped socks. Is this yours? She asked. Where did you find it? The inn was sticking out of your exhibit last night. What made you think it was mine? Your name is on the strange plant project? If this sock isn't yours, then somebody must have left it there. When I saw it, I knew you wouldn't want something like that lying around, making your project look messy. So I picked it up. Oh, thanks. I knew you'd be glad, said Pat. See you later. So Fluffy had had nothing to eat last night. Michael hoped the plant was all right, but the gym would not be open until noon for anyone who needed to tend to their science projects. He would have to wait to find out. As he leaned over the water fountain to get a drink, he heard the custodian talking to the principal, Mr. Leedy. I know this sounds impossible, but after everybody left the gym last night and the lights were out. I went back there to empty the trash by the door, and I heard something that sounded like a burp. A burp? Said Miss. asked Mr. Leedy. Definitely a burp, said the custodian. Then I heard another burp, and then he lowered his voice to a whisper. Somebody or something saying X? Michael's finger slipped and squirted the drinking fountain all over his nose. X? said Mr. Leedy. Definitely X, said the custodian. Who was it? Nobody. I turned on all the lights and looked them all over. And looked all over. Maybe the heating system was making funny noises. No, the heating system has never burped. Let's just keep this to ourselves, said Mr. Leedy, so we don't alarm anyone until we find out what caused it. We don't want the kids jumping to any silly conclusions that the gym is haunted or anything like that. It's probably only a chemical reaction in one of the science projects. I don't think so, said the custodian. Michael, st- Michael sped off down the hall as fast as he could without running. There were only a few minutes left until the bell rang, so he hurried over to the side of the building where Norman's class was. He waved at him to come out in the hall. There were two burps and one, uh, and one X, Michael explained. I know what Stanley had to eat, but what did Flippy eat? Uh, said Norman. Uh oh, is right, said Michael. I'm afraid to look. After lunch, he went to the gym with the others who needed to check on their science projects. At the door, he ran into Pat Jenkins. How did your grass on a sponge turn out, he asked, hoping she she would not bring up the subject of socks. I decided that was too easy. I collected herbs and nature things that make different dyes and showed what colors they make. You dyed a bunch of material? No, white socks. Michael turned in the row where the project was. He hoped Pat was not he hoped pat would not turn there too but she did i use socks she explained because later we're going to wear them with the costumes in my creative dramatics class the kids playing frogs will wear the green ones and the ones playing goldfish she stopped at the space next to michael which had been empty last night somebody swiped all my socks she exclaimed hmm michael said trying to think of what to say how dumb she went on why would anybody swipe socks out of a person's science project This is going to look terrible to the judges with that empty space right on top what color was it he asked the rest were the yucky the rest were the yuckiest colors he had ever seen white to show what they looked like before i dyed them michael offered i'll get you that sock you gave me the morning to fill your empty spot no that has brown stripes i need a plain white sock michael sighed and took off his shoe. Take one of mine until you get another one. That's really nice of you, but why are you doing this? I know how it would feel if something happened to my project, he replied. Okay, thanks. I'll give it back tomorrow. Wait till I get my hands on whoever did this. This is very mysterious. I'll bet it has something to do with that sock I found on your table last night, Michael said. You aren't going to tell anyone about this, are you? It all sounds so weird pat stuck the white sock all up on the pieces of tape where the missing one had been there it looks as good as new at the door michael took off the other sock and put it in his back pocket now if anyone noticed his ankles at least they would match when the judges talked to the students at each exhibit they were very impressed with the model dam and pat's display to michael the head judge said those plants certainly are uh, unusual looking michael answered his questions about feeding methods but he did not mention the sock part of the menu very interesting said the judge writing on a clipboard then he looked at michael oddly one of the bigger plant vines seems to be stuck in your back pocket he said startled michael jumped sideways bumping into the edge of the table that held the dam its water began sloshing back and forth he reached out to study it but the vine was still in his pocket which had a firm grip on the sock in there as he jumped to lean over, the jerk that jerked the huge plant hard enough to pull it off balance. It began to topple over. The judge reached out with both hands to keep it from crashing, tossing aside his clipboard. It plopped into the dam, water splashed in every direction. Michael, the plants, and the judge stood there dripping in puddles. "'You should have brought your umbrella,' said the custodian as he went off chuckling to get paper towels and a mop. Michael helped the judge spread his soaked papers on the floor to dry.' Then he went to get water to refill the dam. The custodian gave him a pail to use. After he filled it, the custodian said, let me carry that kid just to be on the safe side. I don't want any more floods here. Michael gladly handed it over. As the custodian approached the dam and lifted the heavy pail to pour, he skidded on wet paper. Trying to keep his balance, he let go of the pail. It thucked down on the floor and slapped water all over him. You should have worn your glasses," said the judge. I think this exhibit table has a curse on it, said the custodian. As he turned to get more paper towels, he stepped on the double, on a double skateboard that had jarred loose from under the table with the pail th- thunked so hard on the floor. The astonished custodian rolled away down the aisle. His screams grew fainter as he disappeared through the gym doors out into the hall. Uh-oh, said Michael. He and the judge ran out to see what happened. They found the custodian safely holding on to the drinking fountain, which he had grabbed to stop himself. Kid, your project is a hazard to the whole science fair, he said. They're just a couple of plants, said Michael, going to retrieve the skateboard, which had rolled to the end of the hall. They're not normal, said the custodian. Mark any words. Something else is going to go wrong. After the judges were finished with Pat's project, Michael told her he was leaving two socks next to his plants for special reasons and not to touch them. "'I get it,' she said. they will be bait in case the sock swiper strikes again tonight. "'You want what you want, whoever it is to take those instead of mine. "'What a good idea. "'That's really nice of you.' "'That's okay,' said Michael. "'Just don't say anything about it, okay?' "'Pat asked, "'Do you think the sock swiper left the brown and white striped sock by mistake?' "'I don't think so.' "'He went to find Jason. "'He was staring glumly at the volcano, "'which was surrounded by running globs of gray goo. "'How did things go with the judging?' asked Michael." My lava flowed so well and, unfortunately, flowed all over the judge's shoes. Mine didn't go well either, said Michael, but that's still a great looking volcano. Your plants are great, too, said Jason. Everybody's talking about them. Too bad your mom and dad want to get rid of them. Yeah, but I haven't given up trying. I think that maybe if we made a giant mess in our room, I'd show them that we can't live without our plans. Do you think that would work? Only if it was a big enough mess to convince them. What we need is something spectacular a major all-out mess so much junk that they won't be able to see the furniture a -a junkathon jason grinned i'll help we can go around the neighbors on trash night and haul some of the big stuff out for the pickup out for pickup on tree lawns then we'll just have to find some places to hide all of all of it until the junkathon how about a neighbor's garage suggested Jason. After school Michael explained the junkathon to Norman. He wrinkled his nose. Do we have to? I hate messiness. Ugh. But I'll do it for Fluffy and Stanley. "We're desperate," said Michael. "Your letter hasn't been in the paper, so this is our last chance." "Okay. What do we do? First we have to find the neighbor who will let us use their garage to hide the junk while we collect it." What about Miss Smith, Norman suggested. She's already got half a garage full of stuff. She's getting ready for a garage sale. Aha, exclaimed Michael. Better still, maybe we could borrow her junk. You ask her. She likes you. Miss Smith was willing, but she wanted to know why Norman wanted to borrow things. It's a surprise for my mom and dad, explained Norman. But I already started putting price stickers for sale. Will that matter? No, that's fine, Norman replied. He ran off to tell Michael the good news before Miss Smith could ask him to explain further. Chapter 14 On the last day of the science fair, Mom said, We still have to figure out how to get rid of the plants. I arranged for Jason's uncle to come by with the limo at the end of the fair tonight to pick them up, said Dad. He didn't want to take any money because he said the plants attracted so much attention he'd gotten a lot of new business. But I insisted on paying him. He's been such a big help in this whole mess. Where is he taking them? To the city trash dump? No, that's 20 miles away and only city trash trucks can get in there, not limos. We'll have we'll have to bring them home and then put them out on the curb on the regular trash pickup day. The boys will be happy to keep them a few more days. But, Mom argued, some innocent person who likes big plants might take them before the trash truck gets here. Or the trashman might save them. We can't take that chance. Dad suggested, how about tying notes to them saying, caution, this plant could be hazardous to your socks. Be serious. Maybe we'll have to pour weed killer on them or chop them into little pieces. I don't want to be the one to do that, said dad. Neither do I, said mom. Michael, who had been listening in the next room, casually strolled in. He asked, how are the junior plants coming along? Terrible, said mom. I don't know what's wrong. We can't throw out the big ones until the junior ones are growing well, said Michael. What if the little ones die or don't grow? You need the big ones for more cuttings. Well, I suppose a few more days won't hurt, said Mom. That evening at the public showing of the science fair, Michael and Norman lined up in front of Stanley and Fluffy while Dad took pictures. Norman looked at the trophy the dam had won and the blue ribbon on the sock display. How come our plants didn't win anything, he asked. You must be kidding, said Michael. I was just glad to have something in the fair and save the plants a little longer. How many points did the judges give us? Not many. Most of them got washed away with the judge's clipboard as it fell in the dam. He was using a felt pen and the numbers ran all over the paper. Too bad, said Norman. They don't have a prize for the weirdest. We would have won that. I think this is one of the best exhibits, said Dad. I'm proud of both of you. Me too, said Mom. It's really too bad these plants are just too much trouble to keep. The principal, Mr. Leedy, came by. Your son's project certainly is, um, unusual. I've never seen plants like these before. They've attracted a lot of attention, perhaps because they're the tallest exhibit, or perhaps because they arrived in a limo. "'Be careful,' said the custodian, coming up from behind him. "'This is the area I was telling you about, and watch out for skateboards. "'They sneak up on you.' "'Looks all right to me,' answered Mr. Leedy as they walked away together. "'It's not,' said the custodian. "'Last night I heard a couple of slurps, and then later two more burps and another X from the corner. "'I think it definitely might be haunted.' "'Keep your voice down,' warned Mr. Leedy. Michael's teacher came by had my eye on these plants all during the science fair she said i wanted you to tell me later michael everything you did to make them grow big i'd love to get mine to grow like this pat jenkins hurried up the aisle looking excited those socks you left last night were gone today you saved my project from the phantom sock swiper you didn't tell anybody did you said michael i told everybody My teacher hasn't had a chance to do anything about it yet, so just now, when I was out in the hall, I saw Mr. Leedy talking to the custodian, so I reported it to him, too. If anyone can find the joker who's doing it, the principal can. What did he say? Nothing. But he got the funniest look on his face, and then the custodian said, "'I told you so.'" He told Mr. Leedy he should call a ghost hunter right away. "'Wait till I tell everybody. Of course I don't believe in ghosts. Do you suppose this gym is haunted?' "'I don't think so,' said Michael. "'Congratulations on winning a ribbon. "'If you hadn't helped me out with the sock, "'I probably wouldn't have won anything. "'So when I take my exhibit down, "'I'm going to give you a pair of my specially dyed socks. "'Which two colors would you like?' "'No, no, you already thanked me. "'That's enough.' "'He escaped into the crowd. "'In the limo on the way home, "'Norman put on his gorilla head again "'to wave as everybody passed. "'As they passed everybody.' He hoped this would not be Fluffy and Stanley's last ride, but he was looking forward to Michael's big junkathon plan to save the day. And tomorrow was Saturday, one more chance that his letter might be in the paper. Norman got up so early Saturday morning that he was waiting on the front step in his pajamas and robe when the paper boy arrived. I have to see if my letter is in, he explained. The paper boy looked through the paper with him. It was there, they read together. Some kids can't have dogs and cats and snakes for pets. Their mom won't let them. You can't have pets in an apartment. Pets make some people sneeze. They should get plants to be pets. Plants don't make you sneeze. Plants don't get hairs on the chairs. A plant doesn't bark loud or get lost. Plants are good pets. Norman felt thrilled to see his words and name in print. "'This is a good idea,' said the paper boy. "'I think I'll get one of those pet plants myself. See ya!' He sped off on his bike. Norman raced into the house and tickled Michael's feet to wake him. "'Stanley, stop that!' mumbled Michael. "'Wake up! My letter is in the paper!' exclaimed Norman. Michael sat up and read it. But where's the part about wonderful Mom and Dad? The part that was going to embarrass them if they didn't let us keep our plants? I wrote it in my letter, but it's not in there. My teacher said sometimes the editors leave parts out if they don't have enough room. This is a good letter, said Michael, but it's not going to work on Mom and Dad. So I guess we're stuck with going ahead with the junkathon. I'm going back to sleep. Norman tore across the hall to wake his parents. A groggy dad read the letter to Mo to Mom. "'That's wonderful,' said Mom. "'I'm proud of you, Norman.' "'See my name right there?' he said, bouncing up and down on their bed. "'Stop that,' said Dad. "'You're making me seasick. "'This is a great letter. "'I'll bet one or two people will actually get plants as a result of what you wrote.' Mom squinted at the clock. "'It's 6 a.m.' she announced. "'Yeah,' said Norman. "'I knew you wanted to get up right away to see my letter. "'Yes, and now I've seen it, and I'm going back to sleep. "'We'll celebrate later.' "'Aren't you going to get up and call Grandma and everybody else to tell them all about my letter?' wake me up in two hours and we'll do it then said mom me too said dad snuggling back down under the covers norman was too excited to go back to bed it was too early to call up bob so he talked to fluffy for a while and read his letter out loud three times he picked out he picked out just right just the right place on the wall to hang up the letter after he got it framed one set On second thought, maybe the refrigerator door might be better. More people would see it. Later, there were several phone calls from people who had seen Norman's letter. Bob came over and was invited to stay for breakfast. Then Norman called Grandma long distance and told her all about it. That afternoon, Mom and Dad went out to do Saturday errands and get photocopies made of Norman's letter to send to all the relatives. Norman went over to Bob's, so when the phone rang, Michael answered. This is Kim Christopher from Channel 2 News. Are you the boy who wrote the letter in the morning's paper about pet plants? That's my brother. He's not home right now, but he'll be back soon. Could I speak to your mother or father, please? They're not here, but they'll be back in a minute. I need to talk to them about interviewing your brother. To do it in time for the 6 o'clock news. We'll have to come over there by 3. If Norman and the plants were on TV, Norman thought, they would be famous. Then Mom and Dad could never force them to get rid of the plants, and then everybody, the plants that everybody had seen on TV. And then he could call off the junkathon. Maybe he would be on TV too. That would be great. Three o'clock would be okay. He said. You're sure this is all right with your parents? We need their permission. Oh yes, it'll be fine with them. If it wasn't, he wondered, as if as he hung up, how would he ever talk himself out of being big trouble about the big trouble he was going to be in. 15 tv here asked dad when he got home where's norman i caught him at bob said michael he'll be right home the tv people will be here in a few minutes the front door flew open norman zoomed in and started jumping up and down tv tv i'm going to be on tv mom grabbed him wash your face put on a clean shirt comb your hair tie your shoelaces Norman ran off with shoelaces flapping. Mom dashed around, picking up newspapers and other things strewn around the living room. She shoved everything under the couch. Dad followed with a vacuum cleaner roaring. Michael answered the door. Kim Christopher marched in and introduced the cameraman who was lugging all the equipment. How about two chairs in front of the fireplace? For a nice homey background, she asked him. The kid can sit sit right there with his little plants on his lap, and I'll sit here fine said the cameraman but we'll have to move the couch out of the way we're not moving the couch said mom the plans are in the boys room you can do the interview in there but kids rooms look so messy said kim theirs is always neat said mom that's unusual replied kim norman reappeared in his dress shirt and good pants his hair was neatly slicked down and he smelled wonderful even from 10 feet away, Michael's nose recognized dad's best aftershave lotion. Michael must have used half the bottle. Michael was tempted to tell him this is only for television, not smell vision but he kept it quiet. You must be little Norman, said Kim. I'd lo- I loved your letter. Norman glared at her. He did not like being called little. The cameraman said, show us your plants. We don't have much time, and if it's too small to show up well, we'll have to do some close-up shots. Norman led the way to the plants. Mine's called Fluffy, he said proudly. At the sight of the towering greenery, Kim said, this is going to be a little different from what I had in mind. While the cameraman set up, she explained, "'Now, Norman, we'll just stand here in front of the plants and talk. "'I'll read your letter and then ask you about having a pet plant, okay? "'Now, don't be nervous. "'We'll just pretend the camera and microphone lights are not here "'and that you're just talking to me, "'not the hundreds of thousands of people who will be watching.'" "'Okay,' said Norman, looking petrified. And then I'll get a few comments from your mom and dad and brother, and it'll all be over. Ready? Asked the cameraman. Kim nodded, and the blinding lights went on. Kim turned to the camera. These two huge plants don't look like your average family pets, but there are—but there's a boy who thinks differently. He says plants are wonderful pets. Mom was behind the cameraman, waving at Norman to stand up straight. He did. So he wrote this letter to the newspaper, Kim continued. She read it to the cameraman. Norman looked pleased at the sound of his own words. Norman, why did you decide to keep a plant for a pet? I already had the plant, and then I decided it should be my pet. He looked stiff with nervousness. Mom did sign language to tell him to smile. He did. Does your plant have a name? Yes. Well, what is it? You know, what do you call it? I already told you, Fluffy. Norman was still smiling, but looked strange. How adorable. Why did you choose that name? because he's sort of like a cat to me you mean you always wanted a cat but your mom and dad wouldn't let you have one so your plant is a substitute for a cuddly little kitten they wouldn't let you have no said norman looking puzzled and still smiling stiffly at least it doesn't shed hair all over make a lot of noise meowing said kim laughing merrily at her own remarks no said norman it never gets hair on the furniture cut said kim why do you have that strange look on your face? Norman reached uh, reached a finger up to rearrange his mouth back to normal. My top lip got stuck on my teeth when I smiled, and then I couldn't unsmile. Never mind, said Kim, glancing at her watch. We don't have time to do it over. Now both you boys stand here between the plants. We need some action. You can be watering them. Michael got a pitcher. Norman stepped into, his ha- into half of his closet and came out with the blaster. No, whispered Dad. I'll only pretend... Norman whispered back, whispered back. How cute, said Kim. You water your plants with your giant water pistol. Hold that up so we can get a good shot of it. Not like that, like this. She grabbed the end of the blaster. Oops, said Norman, oh, said Kim, her hand wiping goo. I'm so sorry about that, said Mom. Don't worry about your clothes. The syrup washes is right out. She looked down. I'm sure it'll come off your shoes too, really easily. The cameraman asked, why does it have syrup in it? It's too complicated to explain, said dad. When mom helped Kim clean up, the cameraman took some shots of the boys pretending to water the plants. Too bad they don't do anything besides just stand there, joked the cameraman. It would be great if they'd come to life like a monster in a movie and do something weird. Now that would be great news. Norman and Michael laughed merrily. Mom and dad were next. Kim shoved a microphone at dad. How did this pet plant thing get started? It just grew, or rather the plants did, and then the boys got very attached to them. They didn't start out as pets. So now they're just like beloved members of your family? Uh, well yeah, the boys certainly are, not the plants. "'You're against your son's plants for pets idea?' "'No, but,' Kim turned to Mike, turned the mic to Mom. "'Are you in favor of plants for pets?' "'Yes, but what are the advantages of a family having a plant instead of animals?' "'They're very neat,' said Mom. "'They don't eat much or make a mess. "'They don't have to be walked. "'Eat?' asked Mom. "'Plant food,' asked Kim. "'Eat?' ask Kim. "'Plant food,' said Mom. "'Those plants are so big. "'I'll bet they eat plenty of plant food,' said Kim. "'It's a good thing they don't eat anything else.' she and mom laughed merrily kim grabbed michael's arm and dragged him close to the mic how do you feel about your little brother's plant idea she asked it's great not everybody can have an animal pet but anybody can can take care of a plant kim pulled the mic away but michael clutched it and babbled on we're very happy with our pets and our mom and dad know they mean a lot to us you can really care about a plant it's like having a green friend Everybody should have one. Any kid out there who's always wanted a pet but can't have one should get a plant. And so should everybody else. Cut, said Kim, winning the microphone tug of war. That's enough. We're not doing a mini series here. Let's go on, said the cameraman. It's going to take some extra time to edit all this down to make sense. On her way out of the house, Kim Christopher muttered, Thank goodness we're doing this. We're, we weren't doing this live. As they drove away, Norman exclaimed, Being on TV is harder than I thought. Michael threw himself on the couch and shouted, I'm going to look like an idiot on TV where everybody can see me. That's all right, said Dad. We're all going to look like idiots together. Maybe nobody we know will watch that channel tonight, said Mom. Norman piped up. Bob's mom said she's going to call all the neighbors about being on TV. "Uh Uh-oh, said Michael. Chapter 16 By the time they turned on the 6 o'clock news, they were all feeling calmer they sat through the general news, weather, sports, and many commercials. As they impatiently watched the singing cereal box to a tap dance, Dad said, there's only two minutes left. Aren't we going to be on, asked Norman, very disappointed. Maybe they changed our minds. Maybe it was the SERP, said Michael, disappointed too. After we went through all that, we're not going to be on TV, said Mom. How could they do that? Then the anchorman said, and now on a lighter note, here's Kim Christopher with a heartwarming story about a new kind of pet. Kim? That's us, screamed Norman. Michael felt a lump in his throat. His hands were cold and damp. Kim Christopher appeared to be standing in a jungle. These two huge plants don't look like your average family pets, she said. But here's a boy who thinks differently. He says plants make wonderful pets. As she read Norman's letter, he appeared, looking stupefied with fright. He, his head did not move, but his eyes went to the right. Suddenly, he stood up very straight. Why did you decide to get a plant for a pet? I already had a plant, and then I decided it should be my pet. His eyes went to the right again. Suddenly, he smiled. What do you call it? Fluffy. Fluffy. Didn't they leave something out there? asked didn't they leave something out there? asked Dad. Shh said Mom. Norman's going to talk again. On the screen On the screen, Kim said, How adorable. Why did you choose that name? Because he's sort of like a cat to me. At least it doesn't shed hair all over or make lots of meowing noises, Kim laughed merrily. Didn't they leave out the cuddly kitty part? asked Dad. Yes, thank goodness, said Mom. Now the boys were pretending to water the plants as Kim's voice said, Norman's brother Michael also loves this pet plant. Their mother and father love the plants too. I didn't say that, said Dad. Shh, said Mom. How did the pet plant thing get started? Asked Kim. Dad mumbled into the microphone. It just grew. Dad groaned at the sight. I knew I should have shaved and put on a tie. Mom appeared on screen saying, "They're very neat. They don't eat much or make a mess." Kim continued. Those plants are so big, I'll bet they eat plenty of food, and it's a good thing they don't eat anything else. Next, Michael, in a close-up, said, It's like having a green friend. Everybody should have one. Any kid out there who's always wanted a pet but couldn't have one should get a plant. Kim reappeared at the anchor desk. So, Bill, she continued, little Norman may have started a trend. Plants as pets may turn out to be a growing thing, she said, and Bill left. she and Bill left merrily. Michael felt relieved. They hadn't looked nearly as bad as, the, as he thought they would some of the dumbest parts were cut out now he wished he had called jason and some of his other friends to tell them to watch my hair looked awful said mom but we didn't sound too bad we all looked fat said norman but fluffy and stanley looked good fat said mom fat the phone started ringing it seemed as if everybody knew they had everybody knew they had seen them on tv no uh neighbors dropped by to talk about it between answering the phone and the door they had no chance to fix or eat dinner i'm hungry complained norman after an hour and a half of this can i make popcorn let's go out for pizza said michael great idea said mom and on the way home we can stop at save a lot we're almost out of socks and i forgot to and i forgot to buy some this afternoon i don't want to go in there again said michael it's not my turn we'll all go together said dad At the pizza place, several people came over to their table to see they'd seen them on TV and liked the pet plant idea. When they got to Save-A-Lot, they had to drive around the parking lot three times to find a space. I didn't think Saturday was such a popular night to shop, said Dad. Inside, every checkout counter line of customers... Inside, every checkout counter had a line of customers buying plants. Voices of parents and children swarming around the plant section could be heard all over the store. I want this one. No, that's too big. We'll get this little one and it will grow. I want this green one, whined another little voice. Which one? They're all green. Mommy, mommy, this one wants to come home with me. This is the best idea, said one mother to another. I know my kids would fizzle out on taking care of dogs and I'm stuck with it, but I don't mind getting stuck with a plant a father asked a passing clerk don't you have any big ones like that family on tv we want something gigantic not these dinky ones plants will grow larger sir said the clerk michael mom and dad picked out the socks and were heading to the checkout counter when michael noticed norman was no longer following them he found him along the crowd standing in the plant aisle standing up very straight and smiling he seemed to be waiting to be recognized come on we're leaving said michael dragging his feet slow as slowly as possible norman followed him to the checkout line the four of them waiting in line together did get noticed a little girl pointed and whispered to her father who asked hey aren't you the pet plant people from tv norman stood up straight and smiled that's us he said proudly people gathered around talking about seeing them on tv and what a good idea pet plants were word spread throughout the store the checkout clerk was glad to see them "'The sock family,' she exclaimed. "'It's nice to see you all together for a change. "'And now you're the pet plant people, too?' "'We're on TV,' Norman told her, "'and my letter was in the paper. "'Good for you,' said the clerk. "'You've done wonders for our plant cells. "'One other branch is having a pet pet bloom, too. "'There are going to be a lot of happy kids "'who never had pets before.'" A few people followed them all the way out to the car to talk. They had not attracted so much attention since Norman wore the gorilla head head to the science fair. On the way home, Michael asked, "'Now that our plants are famous, we can keep them, right?' "'No,' said Dad. "'We're going on vacation, and you'll learn to love your little plants.'" Monday morning, the school halls were abuzz with the talk of pet plants. By the time Michael got to his classroom, he had heard all about Spot, an African violet, Greenie, a pot of ivy, Phil, a philodendron, and Woof Woof, a geranium. Pat Jenkins told him she had planted some marigold seeds but hadn't named them yet. Jason said, I got a snake plant. I'm trying to decide whether to call it Scaly or Fangs. Definitely, Fang said Michael. Does it look like a snake? Nope, said Jason, but it might if a snake were flat and green and had pointed heads and were standing up. Then why call it a snake plant? I don't know, said Jason, but I always wanted a snake. Michael explained to him that the Junkathon was going to have to happen after school Wednesday because mom did not get home from her part-time job until 6 that day. Jason agreed to go home with Michael and Norman after school and arrange for his mother to pick him up after thereafter norman is going to get bob to help too said michael with the four of us carrying things that shouldn't take very long are your mom and dad ever going to be surprised are your mom and dad ever going to be surprised said jason wednesday as school was letting out mr Leedy stopped michael in the hall i tried to call your home but there was no answer he said so you can take a message to your parents sure said michael he told jason "'You go ahead with Norman and Bob. "'I'll catch up.' "'He followed the principal into the office. "'We've been amazed at the pet plant movement "'you and your brother started,' said Mr. Leedy. "'I'm amazed, too,' said Michael. "'Who would have thought,' continued Mr. Leedy, "'that these two um, unusual-looking plants you had "'in a science fair would lead to such a good thing?' "'Yes,' said Michael, wishing he 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 would get to the point. "'So the teachers and I have been discussing this, "'and we've come up with a wonderful idea.' We're going to have a pet plants day after school starting next fall. We're starting to plan now, so it will be really big. Mr. Leedy paced back and forth with enthusiasm. All the pu- pupils who have pet plants can bring them to school that day. We'll have a special science unit planned in all the grades about plants and how to take care of them. Then we'll have a school open house that night so everyone can show off their plants. Does that sound great? Yes, said Michael. Of course. So of course Mr. Leedy said Mr. Leedy we're going to give your whole family awards for starting the idea. We'll need you to bring your plants to be on display for the whole thing. So I need to I need to find out if your parents can both come and bring the plants that day. "'They'll be much too big for the limo by then, so we'll send a large truck to pick them up.' "'Great,' said Michael. "'If the date is not okay with your folks, then we'll change the day, but we need to know right away. "'Would you have your mother or father call me tomorrow?' Michael was delighted. How could Mom and Dad turn this down? Surely they would have to give up the dumb junior plant's idea and let them keep Stanley and Fluffy for this big event. Now he would cancel the Junkathon if this would save the plants. What a relief!' He had not been looking forward to having to clean up all that junk when it was over. He slid off his chair and started edging towards the door. Let me tell you about the rest of the big plans for this, continued Mr. Leedy. The big plans for this, continued Mr. Leedy. He talked on. Michael glanced at the wall clock. He hoped Jason, Norman, and Bob had not started lugging the junk to the house without him but even if they had there was still time to undo before mom and dad got home he finally got up the nerve to interrupt mr Leedy. excuse me can i use the phone to call home i have to tell my brother something in a hurry and he must be home by now of course said mr Leedy. be sure to tell him about the pet plants day and then i'll show you the drawings for the stage set that we're going to build to put your giant plants on for the open house with spotlights too Michael hurried into the outer office and called home, but the voice that answered was not Norman. It was Mom. Chapter 17 Michael almost dropped the phone. Where are you? she asked. I just walked in the door and you're supposed to be here. I was worried. But you don't get home on Wednesdays until 6. You're supposed to be here. I got off work early today, but because a reporter called this morning about coming over after school with a photographer. They'll be here in 20 minutes. Now, why aren't you here? A reporter and a photographer? Michael started to panic. Mom, I really need to talk to Norman for a minute. Quick, then I can explain. No, explain first. He told her about Pet Plants Day. Now, can I talk to Norman? It's important. Awards, said mom. For you and dad, too, said Michael. For being such great parents to let us have such big plants. Now, I need to talk to Norman. The little plants will be bigger by next fall, so that should work out fine, said Mom. But that won't work. The principal is counting on the giant ones being even bigger by then. He's going to send a truck to put them in on a stage with spotlights and everything. We can't show up with some teeny-tweeny plants. Everybody's already seen Stanley and Fluffy at the science fair and on TV. They'll know that they'll be smaller and fake. We have to bring the real ones that started the pet plant movement. Would you put Norman on the phone, please? Then I guess we may have to reconsider, said Mom. Your father and I are discussing this whole mess again after you left for school this morning. Norman is so attached to Fluffy, and you've done such an outstanding job changing your messy ways. Besides... We're obviously stuck, we're absolutely stuck on how to get rid of the big plants and the cuttings are just not growing. Maybe we can find another way to work on this vacation problem. Great, mom, thanks, now I have to talk to Norman. Quick, he told Norman, tell Jason and Bob we're calling off the junkathon. I think the plants are saved, so we don't have to do it. Norman whispered, but we already did. You're going to love it, it's the biggest mess I ever saw. No, this will wreck everything. Keep mom busy in the kitchen and you and Jason sneak all the junk back out of the house. I can't. They took off as soon as we were done, Norman whispered. Then they didn't want to be around when mom and dad found out what we did. But a reporter and a photographer are coming, said Michael. Tell mom nobody can go in our room until I get there and I have to clean up a few things. I'll try, promised Norman. Michael and Mr. Leedy had to go. Michael told Mr. Leedy he had to go and ran almost all of the way home mom and norman were sitting in the living room talking to a man who was taking notes and a woman holding a camera michael hurried by saying don't come in our room yet i just have to pick up a few things hurry up said mom michael went in and closed the door the guys had done a great job he was surrounded by junk in some places it was piled as high as his chin there was there was no time to think he had to do something anything fast climbing over the heaps to the closet door he forced it open and shoved as much stuff as possible in as quickly as he could then he pushed hard against the door to force it shut there was no way to carry the rest out without mom seeing even if they had even if there had been time frantic michael realized there was only one thing to do he climbed over piles to the window, struggling to open it, and started pitching the junk into the lawn. They would have to lug it all back to Miss Smith's garage later. The most of the big things most of the big things, went out the window easily. The bottom layer turned out to be mostly Michael's own junk, scattered from boxes that had been in the closet, strewn all over the floor. There were too many little things to pick up in a hurry, so he grabbed Miss Smith's snow shovel. Starting in the middle of the room, he shoveled half of the stuff under the bed and the other half under Norman's. He heard Mom's voice in the hall getting closer. He shut the window and pulled the curtains across to hide the heaps outside. Just in time, he heaved a sigh of relief. Then he realized he still had the snow shovel. He grabbed the bedspread and wrapped it around the handle. From the drawer where Norman kept the best things, he pulled out the gorilla head and put it over his head. He topped that with norman's baseball cap opening the door mom saw the un- the usual neat room but with the curtains closed michael had a short gorilla michael and a short gorilla with a bedspread and a baseball cap leaned casually against the wall who's in there mom asked the gorilla nobody said michael thank goodness said mom open the curtain so we'll have some more light for pictures never mind said the photographer my lighting equipment is enough the curtains will make a nice neutral background to show off the plants they're certainly big Norman was looking around a maze. He whispered close to Michael's ear. Where did you put it? Mostly out the window, Michael whispered back. Norman stood up straight and smiled winningly at the camera. Say cheese, Fluffy, he said. Don't even joke about that, Mom warned. Let's get another shot and some, of the, some action shots, said the photographer. Could you get a picture and be watering them? I've got something better, said Norman. Before Michael could do anything but say don't, Michael grabbed the closet doorknob and yanked. Junk toppled all over him. They all helped dig him out. You said the window, Michael at. Norman snared at Michael. What about the window, asked mom. Nothing important, said Michael. Mom took a closer look at the junk. What is all this stuff? She tossed aside a dented tea kettle, four pairs of high-heeled shoes, and a bicycle seat. Picking up some of the magazines and books, she read the titles, 20-year-old true romance magazines, favorite egg recipes, knit your way to fun and profit, how to get your kids to do what you want. She tucked that one under her arm. And these things all have price stickers on them. I shudder to think of what the answer to this question will be, but I have to ask are you holding a garage sale in the closet not exactly said michael open the curtains commanded mom so we could get a better look at all this stuff that's not a good idea said michael the photographer who was standing near the window pushed the curtain aside revealing a scenic view of heaps of junk outside perhaps there's a logical explanation for all of this said mom but in the meantime consider yourself grounded for the rest of your life that's too long protested michael we'll discuss this later the reporter was looking through the books on the floor i'll take two of these he said handing norman two quarters i can use this bicycle seat said the photographer "'and that brown purse would be good for my new suit.' "'Norman handed them to her, and she handed him $4. "'Anything else?' he asked helpfully. "'A tea kettle, a purple lampshade, three empty coffee cans.' "'I could use the coffee cans,' she said. "'They're great for keeping little little pieces of junk in.' "'Do you want to buy some little junk to put in them?' asked Michael. "'We got a good selection under the beds.' "'How much do you want for this camera?' asked the reporter. "'There's no price tag on it.' "'That's my camera,' said the photographer.' snatching it away from him she went outside to look through the pile on the lawn mom turned to the reporter i know you'll understand that i'm trying to could that i'm not trying to conceal anything how could i but i have to ask if you could leave this mess out of the story that you're going to write it doesn't have anything to do with the plant, pet plants i understand he replied my kids are messy too pet plants are news messy kids are not by the time the reporter and the photographer left the junk supply had gone down considerably and Norman was holding almost $30. I guess I have to give this to Miss Smith, he said w- wistfully. Why? I asked Mom, who was lying on Michael's bed reading how to get your kids to do what you want. This is mostly her garage sale, explained Michael. We borrowed it. How did you get her to let you do that? Norman talked her into it. She thinks he's cute. That is not my fault, said Norman. It was Michael's idea. Michael explained why they had borrowed Miss Smith's garage sale and how he tried to call it off, but everything had gone wrong. He also said he was sorry. Actually, said Mom, that was very resourceful of you. I'm amazed. You're not upset anymore? According to this book, I have nothing to be upset about. I'm not the one who has to clean all this up. Uh Uh-oh, said Norman. Right, said Mom. I'm just going to relax and read my new book while you two do all the work. "'You owe 25 cents for the book,' said Norman. "'Get it out of my purse, "'and after you finish carrying Miss Miss Garagedale "'back to her garage, you can both cook dinner.' "'But all I know how to cook is good popcorn,' said Norman. "'Michael could make a fudge ripple pancake. "'You know how to make hamburgers and vegetables "'and how to open cans. "'Here's a simple little recipe "'for stewed prunes in this book. "'Yuck! I'd rather eat stewed socks. "'Be careful what you wish for,' said Mom. "'That can be arranged.' she is still upset grumbled norman mom grinned i feel a lot better after i finished reading this book now get going the boys were trudging across the lawn with their loads of junk when dad drove in they started from the beginning to explain it all over again dad took it calmly I'm too tired to get upset, he said. All I want to do is relax and eat dinner. Do you know what we're having? Norman and I are cooking, said Michael. Probably popcorn and stewed prunes. Now Dad looked upset. He stomped off into the house, calling for Mom. After the last of the of many trips to Miss Smith's Garage, the boys found their parents in the kitchen eating heated up frozen dinners. Yours is in the oven, said Mom. Your father changed his mind about you two cooking tonight. Since going away on vacation is out for this year, said Dad, we've been talking about some one-day trips we could take, so at least we could be going somewhere. Sure, we can figure out how to get rid of the plants by vacation time next year, Mom said smoothly. Maybe there's a way we could still go to Disney World this year, said Michael. He figured it was worth a try we could rent a limo from Jason's uncle to drive Fluffy and Stanley along on the vacation while we go in our car. No, said mom and dad. A moving van? No, they said. A camper? The plants are too tall for a camper, said mom. We can get one with a sunroof that opens up so they'll stick out, said Michael. Dad stopped chewing his dinner and looked thoughtfully. Well, it would be weird, he said, but it would be better than not going at all. Michael held his breath and waited for mom to stop chewing. Hmm, she said. That might even save money, because even though we'd have to rent the camper, we would have to pay for a motel and restaurant meals. "'Yay!' yelled Norman. "'But,' Mom added, "'what?' asked Michael, Norman, and Dad together. "'What if it rains? With the sunroof open, the inside of the camper will get soaked, and so will we.' "'We can all wear raincoats in the camper,' said Norman. "'Plastic?' said Dad. "'A really big piece of plastic. We can tie it over the plants or tape it down or something. We'll figure it out somehow.' I'll bring my umbrella, added Norman. Maybe it won't rain, muttered Dad. Well, said Mom, I really do want to go to Disney World. Yay, yelled Norman. He ran off to tell Fluffy. Mom got paper and pencil to figure out how many socks they would need for the trip. When no one was looking, Michael sneakily poured some cough syrup onto the cuttings. Dad started looking through the phone book for camper rental companies. The boys were so happy and and tired that they both fell asleep as soon as they tried to crawl into bed. They slept soundly through the plants' dinner and burps of Fluffy and the usual X. One of Stanley's vines rested gently on Michael's shoulder as he dreamed about the plants starring in the spotlight on the school stage. Everybody in the whole school and mom and dad were singing along off-key with Norman. Do-da, do-da. Michael woke up. He could still hear doodah, very loud and off-key, but Norman's eyes were closed and his mouth was not moving. Could he possibly have learned ventriloquism? Not likely. Shut up, Fluffy, said Michael. He patted Stanley's vine and went back to sleep. He had not noticed yet that hundreds of little green buds that had sprouted all over Stanley during the night. The tiny beginnings of sock-shaped seed pockets. Thank you so much for joining me for the reading of The Plant That Ate Dirty Socks by Nancy MacArthur. We have now finished the book and we will be moving on to possibly some other short stories or other chapter books um, in the near future. I hope you enjoyed this story. If you have story suggestions, email me at Jojo's library at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on this book and um, hear suggestions for future books. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.